Welcome back gamers, today's a brand new episode of the DuoQ podcast. There is something devastating going on in the world and we are obviously talking about the Russian attack on Ukraine. And if you've missed it, you've either been streaming a subathon or been sleeping for the last few weeks. Now, we, we don't want to focus on all the political sides in this podcast, but we do want to talk about the effects this conflict has on the world of gaming. Let me start off by saying, on behalf of both of us, this topic is not easy in any way, shape, or form. We don't want it to dim diminish the extreme impacts this conflict has caused by only focusing on video games, but it's the only part that we feel qualified enough to discuss. We want to support the esports players that have been affected by this and hope, especially as Europeans ourselves, that this conflict can get resolved peacefully as soon as possible. Well said, well said. With that being said, let's dive into um, the effects on the esports and on uh, the gaming world in general. So one of the ways Ukraine has been supported by other countries is by imposing political sanctions, economical sanctions. Um, countries have been delivering uh, weapons, supplies, any, anything, you can name it, anything has happened. Also from within the world of gaming, there have been restriction for, restrictions for Russian people, for Russia as a whole. Um, the first thing I saw regarding this conflict coming from, from an esports organization was actually from a tourney organizer uh, called Blast Premier. And I don't know if people heard about Blast Premier, but they organize tournaments um, for, well, professional esports. And what they did is they made a statement and said, due to the conflict in Ukraine, no Russian-based teams will be invited to play in our uh, events for the foreseeable future. And only minutes after they, they tweeted this, you saw two uh, groups dividing, basically. While everybody agrees that there should be something done against Russia invading Ukraine, and with everyone, I mean most of, most of the world, uh, most of the civilized world, there's still two groups. And on the one hand, you have the group that says, why ban Russian teams? They have done nothing wrong. It's Putin attacking Ukraine. It's the uh, Russian military attacking Ukraine. It's not the people. Why ban Russian-based teams and uh, make the players suffer, make the people suffer from Russia? And on the other hand, you have the, the side that basically says, the more inconvenience we can create within the country, if it's players, if it's audience that watches esports in this case, if it's um, the Russian organizers, the Russian organizations, the companies basically, the better we, we do because you need to create inconvenience from the outside but also from the inside of the country, pressuring in the end Putin to, to lower his weapons. Even though I get both sides, both groups, uh, and I feel really bad for the, player, for the Russian players who never wanted war and and are affected by this, I think the interest of stopping Russia um, is bigger than that. And I think creating an inconvenience from the inside is really important. Of course, canceling Blast or canceling ALGS or ESL or whatever is not going to help. But like, but it is piling on. You know what I mean? It's multiple things that cause inconvenience. It's closing down the Apple stores, as we have seen. It's not being able to watch your favorite players in an online tournament. It's not being able to um, watch your football team in, in the World Cup. 
it's piling on and that I think that's really good if you want to if you want to stop a country like this all right as far as non-violent um pushback goes this is one of the, the good things you can do I believe um and I think it will have a bigger impact than people might realize at first you know these sort of sanctions in the gaming world uh, because of the, a lot of the soldiers that are sent into this war are young men who could very well possibly also be interested in video games. It's just one of the many things. As I said, it's it's the pylon. And what I think is really interesting, if you look at Russia, the, the Russian people are not getting the same information as the, as the Western people, right? Like the televisions are being manipulated, the newspapers are being manipulated. As far as we know, uh, that's what's going on. And if, if we don't impose sanctions like this, if you don't feel suddenly that your Apple close, Apple store is closed, that your favorite eSports players are not participating in tourneys anymore, that uh, your IKEA is closed, that your that the FIFA World Cup is canceled, then then Putin could have his way and just say, no, nothing is wrong, uh, my Russian people, nothing is going on. Uh, look at the television, look over there, everything is still in, in place, everything is still working. But now that the Western community is saying, okay, now they can't have that anymore, we're restricting this access, you can't have this anymore, the Russian people actually feel and see what's going on instead of only seeing this propaganda that, Putin's, uh, that Putin is putting out. Right, the power here is definitely not just because it's one command coming from NATO, it's because everyone is doing something unanimously. Exactly. And if the companies are going to feel that and the people are going to feel that, then Putin and, and his friends are also going to feel that eventually. So the announcement from Blast got a lot of uh, pushback, basically, because two camps were forming. Um, ESL did, a little bit, did it a little bit differently. And they said Russian organizations are still allowed to play with us, but they have to play under a neutral flag, basically. Their sponsors are not uh, on, the, on the jerseys. Their organization is not shown anywhere. The players can still play, but under a neutral flag. What do you think of that solution? I feel like it's a way to uh, make ESL sort of look better than Blast in this spe specific example. Mm -hmm. But I think the logistics will be way too difficult because you can't just swap out an entire Russian team for another org just in a matter of seconds. You know, it, those are difficult deals to handle, and I don't think it will actually lead to any. Uh, yeah, you kind of see like, it kind of feels like ESL is trying to remain neutral, not politically involved. And I think those are like the two ways you could go about it. Like I've seen a lot of people tweet as well, uh, sports is not supposed to be political. Um, and although I don't agree with that, I kind of get what they're saying. They want sports to be like this magical place where you can escape reality, right? You you go watch your <laughs> esports. You go, you play right. a video game, and and you're just out of reality for a second. I think that's a, one of the reasons many people enjoy gaming, uh, because it's it's basically another world, and I think that's why they don't want it to like intertwine. So I kind of get ESL statement mm -hmm. trying to be neutral, but I think it's as you said, it's it's not practical, and I don't think it is in any way better than Blast uh, statement. Right. Something that's really interesting is while ALGS, Apex Legends, uh, Pro League, was cancelled, postponed actually, and Blast and ESL are uh, making statements, Intel's tourney uh, at Katowice is continuing. 
or has continued. It's actually finished already. Yeah, right. Recently, Counter-Strike Global Offensive had its uh, major in Poland while closely monitoring the situation in Ukraine. Um, one noteworthy event at the CSGO major was one of the best and most famous Counter-Strike players in the world by the name of Simple uh, held a short speech at the Counter-Strike Global uh, major event where he said the following. Right now I stay with my friends, with my real friends. We win together and we lose together. And all of us want peace for Ukraine and for the whole world. All of us scared. And And all of us need to show example on this tournament for the whole world. We need to stay together as a unit with our fans, with our friends, with everyone who is going to watch this tournament. And uh, we all need to stay humans first. So thank you everyone who came. I hope you will enjoy this tournament. So for those of you who are not really familiar with the Counter-Strike pro scene, I think it's important for you to know what sort of image Simple has. So Simple is not just your regular, ordinary Counter-Strike player. In 2021, he was considered the best player of the year, according to HLTV. What makes him such an interesting player isn't just his insane op shots or um, his strategy, but his background. You see, Simple was born in Ukraine, and he's played with Ukrainian players on his team, not as sincere among other themes, but also with Russian players. And for a short while, he even lived in the United States of America, where he played side by side with legends such as Hiko for Team Liquid. Now, this is super important right now because his words can ring worldwide to all kinds of fans. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. People like this really need to speak up, and, and when they do it, it's so powerful. You saw the same with uh, a Russian tennister, actually, who wrote uh, No War, Please on a, on a camera after a tennis match. Those kinds of things, along with all the restrictions that come from different countries, one of the biggest being the FIFA um, cancelling Russia from the, from the World Cup and from the Champions League and the Europe, Europe, uh, European League. Those are things that that are really gonna gonna affect change. I hope at least. Um, with that being said, there is of course more to the to the conflict than just the players and the esports organizations, because there's also another component. It's the um, the video gaming industry, and then we're looking more at the companies behind it. We have the esports organizations, but you also have different companies. You also have PlayStation. You you have Xbox. You have Ubisoft. You have well. Every game developer, basically, um, that has anything to do with Ukraine or Russia could apply pressure in this situation. The Russian vice prime minister, also minister of digital transformation of Ukraine, asked a lot of different companies for support, a lot, amongst which Apple and Ikea, who have already closed their stores and shut down production in uh, Russia. But he also asks uh, Visa Card, MasterCard, PayPal, Google Play, Facebook, companies like that to shut down services in Russia. All of this to apply enough pressure to uh, make Putin see that this is not the way to, to go around things. 
so there's there's a lot that could be done here. I even saw someone, and this was one of the extremist um, options, say, let's ban all Russian players from every game until this conflict is resolved. And then we're talking about, for example, Counter-Strike or Apex Legends or Valorant or whatever. No more access for Russian players to those servers until this conflict is resolved. What do you think of that? If if you hear that, because theoretically Xbox, PlayStation, EA have the power to do it if they wanted to. It's a very tough question, in my opinion. And but when I when I try to think of an answer for this, I uh, I take a look at the videos I found online of Russian people protesting uh, on the streets and. Um, willingly uh, putting themselves out there to protest the actions of their government and even getting jailed for it. So this shows that not all Russian people are on the side of their government when it comes to this conflict. And I think it would be over the top to then impose restrictions on um, all players uh, of sports and esports, especially if they can provide an additional role for um uniting different countries from different um organizations but i definitely understand wanting to sort of cut off your ties with uh, anything that has to do with russia at the moment um personally I, I play with GeForce now and i've seen a lot of comments from people who live in eastern europe who are saying well wait why do i have to use russian servers for this uh game service uh you're making me pay for basically the Russian aggressors while uh, I'm spending my hard-earned money um, paying them and they're using it to wage war with my neighbors. And they're asking for some policy changes so that they can pick their own servers instead. I, I agree with what you're saying about the Russian people and I think banning them all from all the servers is kind of cruel, harsh, uh, maybe a little bit too far. I think other people will say all's fair and war, but I th I think directly punishing the Russian people like that might be a, a step too far. I do like what you said about the servers, though. I haven't even thought about that. And, and it's kind of weird that people are not allowed to pick their servers in the first place, but then thinking that this is behind behind it while you're gaming, being aware of that this is this is what you're doing. I think one unforeseen consequence of maybe cutting off Russia from everything online is that they will set up their own um, sort of information space. I mean, Russia is already filled with propaganda and media is already controlled. But if you take a look at China, for example, um, they really have their own infrastructure online. Yeah. And there's a huge firewall where no outside information can get past. Uh, that's a good point. Then you would be driving even more Russian people to stand behind Putin because they simply do not know any better and do not have the chance to know any better. Finding that balance is really hard because you do want to inconvenience the Russian people, but you do not want to punish them that badly or make them, or push them even more towards the side of war is good. Exactly, and this is one of the reasons why policy ma policy making, especially in times of war, is so incredibly difficult and so uh, it's such a delicate job. Just too many interests at stake, I think. Absolutely. Gamers, thank you all so much for listening to this week's pretty difficult episode. 
If you would like to help out the Ukrainian people in some small way, uh, please check out the links we posted in the description where you can make a donation uh, to help the citizens of Ukraine out. Thank you so much, guys, and we'll catch you next week.